Hi guys, we're your hosts Jillian and Kaylin, and this is Teach Me How to Adult, a podcast on all the things you never learned growing up, like how to buy a home, manage stress, crush your love life, land your dream job, and how to love yourself more, because we could all be a little kinder to ourselves. We're still figuring out how to get our shit together, so we're calling in the experts and the hustlers for some real talk and legit tips on how to live your best life. Adulting isn't easy, but we got you. Hi friends, welcome to this week's Quickie, our super fast take on all the adulting things that matter to you. Today we're diving to something that both of us are really, really trying to work on, and that is to stop overthinking. Yep, and if you're an overthinker like <laughs> us, worrying about the future, dwelling on the past, and overanalyzing every single decision can just be totally paralyzing in your day-to-day life. Overthinking can make decision-making next to impossible, and it can just create so much unnecessary stress. It holds us back from living a life that we truly want, and it's usually all over basically nothing. You're so right. It usually is over nothing. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Facts. And you're definitely not alone if this sounds like you. Overthinking is insanely prevalent in young people right now, and a study out of University of Michigan found that 73% of 25 to 35-year-olds are overthinkers. And it's even more so for women. 57% of women are reportedly just completely immobilized by thinking versus 43% of men. So, yay. Yay. (laughs) Add that to the list of (laughs) fun things. Things we got to worry about, literally. But it's not all bad news. Because today is literally the day that you can take control of your thoughts rather than letting your thoughts control you. Patterns are learned and overthinking is learned and they can also be unlearned. The key is just to identify what's causing your overthinking and then work on changing that mindset. And we have tons of expert research-backed advice today on exactly how to do that. We got you. So first things first, how do you know if you're an overthinker? So overthinking things is essentially getting fixated on two destructive thought patterns. So there's ruminating and incessant worrying. Ruminating thoughts are those like excessive thoughts about negative experiences and feelings and that this is super common in perfectionists and people who have experienced trauma and people with depression and anxiety. It can contribute to more depression because you're just essentially focusing on those like pessimistic thoughts and those cognitive distortions which are usually irrational thought patterns and just not even not even true. So an example of this could be having negative thoughts about yourself or over obsessing over a situation like something you said in a meeting and how everyone now probably perceives you differently because of what you said and therefore you should never speak up in a meeting because you're bad at your job and you should just quit and it just sort of spirals out Mm -hmm. of control. It's true. And then there's persistent worrying, which is all about negative catastrophic predictions about your future. I, I do this a lot. This is my calling card. And it's when we dwell on the uncontrollable and we fixate on anything that's uncertain, but through a negative lens. So instead of like being excited about what you don't know mm. is coming up in the future, you just have a very negative idea of what it will be. So for example, it could be freaking out over a presentation that's coming up or over a job interview and everything that could go wrong and then spiraling further from that initial trigger thought. So from that, I'll never get a job or I'll never get promoted because the job interview or the presentation could go poorly and then I'm never going to have a steady income. I'm never going to be able to afford a home. So it's it starts with one simple thought and then it just turns into a catastrophe. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm a ruminator. So 
we can uh, we can help each other out yes. and get over these yes. <laughs> these two things. And I think it is really important to kind of distinguish which thought pattern you have because there's obviously nothing wrong with deeply an- analyzing big life decisions and we're not saying that you should stop doing that by any means or like running through scenarios so you can problem solve, but just getting some clarity over those are, is really key. Yeah, because some decisions are worth mulling over, but others are not. And when you're an overthinker, you kind of don't know the difference. So when these thoughts are just constant or you're obsessing over everything, whether it's big or small, whether it's impactful Mm -hmm. or totally not, and it's keeping you up at night, this can be a symptom of some problematic overthinking and something that you might want to work on. And it's so funny that we're, I didn't even realize that we both are kind of on the opposite ends of the spectrum. You're the ruminator. I'm the persistent warrior. It's true because I think we both know of each other that like I can just get really caught up and paralyzed and like what's going to happen. And then you can mm-hmm. get like really into dissecting what has happened. That's I guess why pair, we get along right? so well. We just <laughs> level each we're other out so of it. so dysfunctional. It's great. We're so, yeah, our dysfunctionalities are really... Uh, compatible Mm -hmm. which is all you can ask for in a friend (laughs) I got you babe I got you (laughs) and I'm yeah I'm really the queen of overthinking the future and then spiraling and I overthink some of you may relate to this I overthink and worry about everything from like whether my friends and family are upset with me like if someone seems Mm -hmm. off I'm never like oh I wonder if everything's okay in their life I'm like oh my god I've done something they seem off and I have done something and I'm so scared and I don't know what's wrong and then I spiral I worry anything that I've done or said could be misconstrued I worry a lot about making the right decision and what to do next of you know starting new things in my career or in my hobbies I worry about if my work is good enough Instagram is full of these like you know, funny reels and jokes right now about what it's like to be a millennial working in the workforce. And it's all like paranoia about whether your boss puts an exclamation mark or a period. And that's funny, but it's also (laughs) true because the work paranoia is, is just crazy. I mean, I, I feel like I'm very fixated on not being good enough or letting someone down or not being my 100% best self or having people maybe notice that I'm off at work and then I spiral and mm-hmm. then I'm like, cool, I'm going to get fired and lose my job and die. So that's the regular <laughs> regular insight oh, no. into my brain. It is crazy. Yeah. But something that has been so important for me to learn over the past few years is to just act because I used to spend about 90% of my time thinking obsessively over everything rather than actually doing. So for many, many years in a row, my friend and I both had our New Year's resolution be act. Like our word was act and do because we needed to think less and act more. Forward motion is honestly the best antidote to overthinking because the more you sit with your thoughts and can't move forward, the more you're going to be consumed by them and the less you're ever going to be able to achieve and accomplish. So just focusing on action has been one of the best things I can do to help combat. I love that. That's such a good like little manifesto to have going into the new year. God, how many time, how much time do we spend thinking about something we want to do and then never doing it? And that was me always. So following through with things, you never will if you don't just stop thinking and just buy the domain, start the website, fucking do it. Do it. Yeah. I honestly, what, what kills me the most is when I think back at how much time and like actual days of my life at this point that I've wasted ruminating about things or people that didn't end up mattering or happening or end up being a big deal is sad. Like it's sad. And I know these things weren't even a big deal because I can, I can't even give you like one good concrete example right now. (laughs) Like not one. I can give you like a ballpark, like 
to your point, I, I do. I ruminate over emails a lot. Like the tone of someone's email mm-hmm. can really mess set, up my day, and off. it's so silly. Yeah, it's so silly. Usually, nothing is wrong. They're just like sending the email to send the email and do their job. Yeah, and then sometimes it's things like what you're saying, like just like worrying about what my friends are thinking or if I've done something to upset someone. And I think a big thing that I've learned throughout some of our guests on this podcast is the like liberating cold hard truth that no one gives a fuck what I'm doing. And like (laughs) at first that like really upset me and I was like, but why? Because I care what everyone else is doing. But now it's like, okay, is this person like dwelling about me on a Saturday night at like 11 o'clock at night no they're not so why yeah. am I giving them that energy and like I usually nine times out of ten did not do something wrong so it's true uh, I can tell you that for a fact <laughs> as your friend man. thanks <laughs> I also read this interesting thing when we were doing research for this episode that was like your work will fill up the amount of time that you allot to it and your worrying mm. will fill up the amount of time you allow it to so it's like If you don't put boundaries on your work, on your worries, on how much time you're giving other people who aren't being reciprocal, all of those things, it will just fill up your life and take over if you don't start to like put some boundaries on your mind, on your actions, on your behavior. It is, it is crazy because like it's a, it's the fucking Sunday of a long weekend. Why am I anxious about work? You don't, you're not paying me today to be anxious about work. So why am I being anxious about it? Like that's not, that's not right. No, you are so right. I think I spent a big portion of like quarantine stressing about some friendships that were kind of fizzling out. And as soon as I stopped, I just got way better. Like something changed in me. I stopped ruminating over it and like everything got better. I got happier. I was less stressed. So you're, you're totally right. Good for you, man. I love that. I mean, one of the key takeaways is that all of these things that we worry about will ultimately lead to paralysis by analysis where you're afraid to take the wrong action, whether that's in your job or your friendships or your family. So you take no action at all. But even making the wrong decision is better than making no decision at all. And this is something I've seen so much in our generation and even in my friend group and in young people in the workforce. People aren't moving forward on a path because they are just paralyzed by the options and the fear of like choosing the wrong thing or you know, I don't want to leave this relationship even if it's not right for me because I'm so scared of what will happen next when there's too many unknowns, there's too much uncertainties, or I don't want to like commit to one industry or one job because it's just paralysis by analysis. So that's all a symptom of overthinking and worrying and then not being able to act or move forward in your life. But the beautiful thing is we all have what it takes to stop overthinking and and those negative destructive thought patterns. Mm -hmm. It's like, There's no magic pill. There's no secret class. It just comes from within. So here are some expert back tips that we researched on how you can stop overthinking and ruminating. And let's start with Adrian Wells. So he was a clinical psychologist at the University of Manchester who founded metacognitive therapy, which is basically a field of thinking about thinking. Which is really cool. Like you've got to be pretty smart to just (laughs) devote your life to thinking about thinking. And so Wells discovered that overthinking is a learned strategy that we use to deal with shit, like to deal with difficult shit in our lives. So it is a habit, not a fixed innate trait, and it's totally changeable. And you may have learned it from a a young age. Like I I come from, I think, a family of overthinkers. So that's just always been Mm. the way I've navigated things. But I think I made a mistake in thinking like, oh, it's just genetic. We're all overthinkers. It's just the way I am. But that's not true. 
it is totally changeable. It's a learned behavior. So lots of people are convinced they have no control over their thought processes. They believe that your thoughts just appear and yeah. you're stuck with them. There's nothing that you can do. But we can control the attention and the time that we give our thoughts. Yeah. And to your point, like they're obviously inevitable. You're always going to have thoughts pop in your head and worries. And, and that's just a normal part of life. But we get to decide how much time and attention we give it to them. Mm-hmm. And some therapists use a really good analogy of a phone call. You don't get to decide when the phone rings or who is calling you, but you choose whether or not to answer the phone or stay on the task of whatever you're doing. I think that's a great analogy to think about. Yeah, I love that. That's totally applicable to trigger thoughts. They're bound to happen. But we get to consciously decide whether to engage with them, how long to spend on them, how much they're going to direct our day. So when trigger thoughts do pop up and they cue you to start spiraling into like worrying about hypothetical situations and what ifs and maybes, just practice getting self-aware about them, recognizing that you're having these thoughts, the same strategies you Mm -hmm. use for meditation, and then deciding whether you want to pay attention to them or move on to a more productive task. But like the first step is to just recognize them and be like okay this is a thought that's happening not going to pretend it's not happening I get to decide how long I spend with it yeah and a great strategy for this is actually using like a designated worry time and that sounds like it might be counterproductive but setting a specific time where you're allowed to indulge in these thoughts and just worry freely for like I don't know 20 minutes a day or whatever you need can really help take back control of those thoughts So when trigger thoughts crop up during the day and something starts to worry you, you can just postpone that for later in the day when you've had designated time for that. Totally. And even in terms of like making a choice when I'm stressed, I've had to give myself Mm. a window of time to think something through before I make myself make a move or make a decision. Otherwise, I'd never fucking do anything. I'd never decide and I would just be forever in limbo. So whether it's making a decision about like the kitchen countertop I chose or like whether to leave a job I'm unhappy in, I have to give myself a window of like, okay, you've got two two days to decide or you've got two more hours and then you're making a decision. No, that's a, that's a really good tip. And I think it's important too to maybe set boundaries on the time of day that you're making decisions too. I really, yeah, I really try not to make any decisions at night or allow myself to even ruminate if I'm able to control it because I know from years of experience, 30 years now, that when I wake up in the morning, I am going to feel better and and just think more clearly about that situation. Totally. And you won't be able to sleep. Like you're, it keeps us up. I mean, I know you've told me if you sleep with your phone in your bedroom and you're worried, like you'll just be up at 5 a.m. like doing research and like, not sleeping oh I'll become a doctor on all my symptoms yeah Yeah, it's awful yeah 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 (laughs) it's hard it's hard to control but that's where that like designated time where you're like I'm allowed to freak out from 4 to 4 30 today and I'm (laughs) I will freak out and then I and then I've got something booked at 4 30 so I have to go do that thing that's helpful love it It's also really important to rewrite your story if you're a chronic overthinker because I think overthinkers just often tell themselves I've always been a worrier. I'm just like naturally an anxious person. That's certainly what I tell myself. But these are stories that hold you back and they create limiting beliefs because they're really not true and they stick you in a box that you don't really want to be in that you feel like you just have to stay in. So mm-hmm. I also have to regularly ask myself like what story I'm telling myself when I'm overthinking because your emotions will interfere with your ability to look at a situation objectively. So if I'm spiraling about something, I'm freaking out about my future, I've just created every worst case scenario for my future that could possibly exist. None of it's based on anything that's true. Those are just panicked feelings. If you take a step back Mm -hmm. and look at the evidence, 
what evidence do you have that your thought is true? And ask yourself, like, really, what is this story I'm telling myself and how much of it is true? And that can really help calm you down, center you, remove you from your spiral. And I also try to equip myself with facts rather than just like with worries. So Tony Robbins says, identify your problems, but give your power and energy to solutions. And I love that because we're not saying like, don't think about your issues. Obviously, you have to think about your issues. But if you're giving all of your power to like dwelling on how bad things might be and not to solutions, you're never going to get anywhere. I like to just be overprepared to have loads of information going into any situation so that I'm not operating from a place of uncertainty and unknown and fear. I have all of the facts and then I can focus on those rather than focusing on the unknowns that scare me. Yeah, I think you gave me that tip of asking myself like what is the story I'm telling myself right now and what are, what, what are the actual facts and that has been so, so helpful for me. I'm obsessed with that. Usually the story I'm telling myself is a whole lot of bullshit. It's just, it's all trash. It's all trash. Taking back control is also extremely important too, because we often fall into patterns of overthinking when we feel like our life is out of control. Mm -hmm. So gain control by changing the direction if you don't like where you're heading and just focus on problems like problem solving like you said fixating on problems isn't helpful but focusing on the solutions that will move the needle will so for example if you're fixated on worrying about what someone else may be feeling or maybe thinking just change the focus on what you could do right now to feel better and that can be like self-care that could be a million things whatever you know is going to help get you out of that state and just take back control of your thoughts yeah and even like taking back control of your life like if you're really always worried about what this person may be thinking and there's like clearly some anxiety going around in your life about this relationship taking back control can be like a bigger action of like for some reason I always have doubts around this friendship maybe I need to like take a step away from it because it's bringing me a lot of negative emotions there's the taking back control in the moment and then there's taking back control in your overall life if if something is causing you this much unease maybe it's it's not always the best thing for you I had to do that once where I was like, wow, after I leave this like one group of friends, I feel so anxious. I'm like upset. Yeah. And then I kind of had to be like, oh, wait, maybe it's just not good for me anymore. These these, you know, these friendships. So you're right. It's it can be a small thing or it can be like a really big life choice that you kind of have to make. And yeah, it's it's always going to benefit you in the long run. It's true. And a big thing that helped me gain back control of my thoughts is like figuring out the worst case scenario so that you aren't controlled by the fear of what if. Like we're so scared of making a mistake, but even if you do make a mistake, the outcome probably won't be that bad. The things we're worrying about on a day-to-day basis are probably the stakes aren't as high as we think that they are. So, I mean, I, at one point in my life, had like a, a job offer for something I really wasn't sold on. I really didn't know if it was the right fit. And I was so stressed about it and anxious about it. And I was overthinking and spiraling into all of the what ifs. I finally had to be like, what's the worst case scenario? I give it a year. If I hate it, I give it a year. A year of my life is a small, small price to pay. Mm-hmm. If I, And I might actually like it. And you know what? The worst case scenario happened. Wasn't happy. But my life went on. I left the job after a year and I gained a lot from it in terms of my network, my friendships. It was all good. I had to make a move, though, and take an action and not just be stuck in that frozen state of what if. It also applied to homeownership when I bought 
my home, the building had a lot of problems associated with it. There was like news articles about it. There was building deficiencies. There was like a lawsuit against a building. And I just was, I was so overwhelmed. I was freaking out. And I finally had to be like, okay, what is the worst case scenario with this building if I buy it? And I did all the homework. I read all the legal paperwork. I I did the research and figured out that the worst case scenario, I would pay a one-time special assessment fee to the building and figured out the cost and it was not much. So that's not that scary. I could then stop overthinking and move forward. So I had to figure out first, what's the worst that can happen? And if you can live with it, then just fucking move forward. And that's also a great coping mechanism buried in there with like you over preparing and yes. like doing the research and getting the facts yeah. and not just like letting your thoughts, you know, take control. That's that's good. I mean, home ownership is a very scary thing, but <laughs> it is scary. But like so many people were deterred to buy into that building when mm. like at the end of the day, if it's like, oh, one time, maybe because of this lawsuit, I might have to pay a thousand dollars. It's like, yeah, for me, that wasn't a huge risk, but no one really knew what that risk was. So they just freaked out. Another good tactic is to trick your brain by replacing that pervasive thought with something new or different. So that could be either a more positive thought or an activity. So for example, if you can't stop thinking about results of a health test or something that's just totally out of your control, replace that thought with something new to focus on that you can control. Like what color scheme do you want to use for repainting your house or exercising or just doing something to benefit you? And I find when I'm spiraling, a great way to take my mind off of things is to watch one of my favorite shows, like over and over mm-hmm. and over again. And psychologists actually say that rewatching your favorite shows can actually ease anxious thoughts because you know what's coming. So mm-hmm. if you need a fast solution, that might be a really good one to try. Another big thing that I think both of us have had to learn is challenging perfectionism because perfectionism is one of the biggest blockers to decision making. And it just... It's really just fear in disguise and we've talked about it before and how this podcast has actually really helped us to challenge our perfectionism because you just need to move forward and not let it block you. It's, It's a dangerous thing because it can lead you to believe that if you don't make the correct choice or if you don't know absolutely everything there is to know about something like podcasting, then you'll fail. But that's simply not true. And the best way to learn is by just doing it. So Mm -hmm. a good thing you can do is challenge any of those thoughts by asking yourself some simpler, like incremental questions. Like what's one thing that I could do today that could bring me closer to my goal or based on the information that I have, what is the best next step? And you don't always have to have the right answers. No one has the right answers. Learn by taking action. Yeah, exactly. And for me, another great counter to all of these, all of these problems is to really work on building up my own confidence and my belief in my abilities. That's really helped because for me, overthinking is often a symptom of like doubting my ability to make the right choice or to handle a difficult situation. So the more confident I am in myself, like the more secure I am in who I am and in my abilities and my competence, the less I worry because I'm like, I got this. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm, if there's an aspect of my job that I know I'm killer at, I'm not overthinking it. I'm just doing it. I'm like, I got this. But as soon as I'm out of my element and feeling unprepared or I haven't developed my confidence in that area, the worry and the spiraling are at a 10. So, and gaining perspective. I mean, perspective is everything. And it's hard when you're in the situation to like take that bird's eye view and to really remove yourself and realize like this is not going to be the end of the world. But when you're stuck in an overthinking spiral and you're obsessing about a decision, try the 10-10-10 test. So how will you actually feel about this decision in 10 weeks, 
10 months or 10 mm. years from now. And it's probably less scary and less detrimental than you think it will be. That can really help you just calm the fuck down. <laughs> no, I, I love that one. It's true. It's like what I said when we first started chatting. I'm like, I don't even remember the things I was stressing about because they, they don't matter now. And it's probably exactly. only been like 24 hours. So, so key. I think it also really helps to bounce your thoughts off of someone else to get their perspective. So I'll often just talk things out with Gabe when I'm overthinking just to have like a third party opinion on if my thoughts are even accurate or real at all. And Mm -hmm. usually Mm -hmm. they are not. So having a sounding board with someone you trust can really help pull you out of that state too. Totally. And like your thoughts are always real and valid, but just bouncing them off of someone can help. They can help you see like, this is taking up too much of your energy. Yeah. And like, this is something that you've been dwelling on for a while. And like, I think you need to like replace it with something else because this is becoming unproductive and and detrimental to you. Totally. Like, like reading over an email you have to send 500 times. I am like the queen of doing that. And then I'll be like, Gabe, can you read this? And he's like, you, I'm hitting send. I'm hitting send. Okay. And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) But it's helpful. It's very helpful. Another great tip is to practice mindfulness and just identify those overthinking thought patterns before it spirals out of control and just take a minute to rest. And I found that I would usually do this before big presentations when I started to like feel my like heart rate getting higher and starting to overthink Mm -hmm. about everything that could possibly go wrong. So I would book 30 minutes before any presentation I had and just go into a room and and breathe and that those 10 deep breaths getting into that meditative state would just really, really help me calm down. And then one thing I would do, which is similar to gaining perspective, I would literally sit there and like picture myself bird's eye view looking at the boardroom and just remember that like no one wants to see me fail. No one's out to get me. Everyone's just trying to do their job. But something that really helped, I think, I think Gabe told me this once when I was panicking about presenting to someone really senior, he was just like, they're just a person. They're just a human being. They're a dad. They're a mom. They have kids. They're just a normal human being. They're not this like scary person who wants to like ruin your life. And I was like, oh my God, you're totally right. Like getting that perspective. And it takes away some of the power too of like, even though they may be in a more authoritative position than you are, they're someone's kid. Yeah. Like, you know, they're, they're just a human. And you find that common ground with them. You're, you're totally right. It helps like it level sets that power. Cause that's usually why you're nervous. You just, you want to impress and you want to do your best. So yeah, totally, totally helpful to do that. So that short moment of mindfulness and taking that time is really, really helpful. Whether you're in like a corporate situation or you're stressing about a friend, whatever it may be, take like all you need is 10 minutes or just 10 deep breaths to get into that state. And it will be really, really helpful. I love that. I used that throughout my my days of acting because I would lose my mind before I would go on stage. True. And the only thing that would help was breathing. Running lines? No, no. You already know them. Thinking about like the blocking of the stage? No, you already know it. You know your shit. As long as you're prepared, which is where, you know, making sure you're prepared is crucial, mm-hmm. then you do not need to spend those anxious minutes before you go to do something thinking and rerunning no you already did the homework now all you need to do is just calm yeah yourself enter that meditative state and just like trust yourself yeah breath work is that. is incredibly healing it's crazy yes I was just talking to my mom before we recorded and she was like is this really possible though like can you really even <laughs> control your thoughts like I don't know if you can but all of these tactics have helped Kaylin and I yeah 
and we're still working on it it will always be a work in progress like it's never something that's just going to suddenly not exist it's something you consistently work at throughout your life Mm -hmm. so we just really hope that all of these tactics and strategy help you guys and if you guys have any tried and true strategies for stopping those overthinking spirals we would love to hear them so dm us if there's something that's worked for you that we didn't mention and we just hope that this episode helps you like take control of your thoughts and live your best life so you can get back out there doing whatever it is you love without the worry so there you have it guys thank you so much for listening If you like what you heard today, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a comment or a rating. And we'd love it if you would share this with your friends by screenshotting the episode and sharing it on social by tagging at Teach Me How to Adult Podcast and DM us with any topics or guests you'd like to hear on the show. See you next time. Bye. Bye!